There's a new music business for the 21st century, and now is the best time ever to be in the music business. Because in the new music business, the artist is in charge. My name's Rick Barker, and I've been blessed to make a living in the music business for almost 30 years. I'm a personal manager, author, speaker. Many know me as the manager who launched the career of Taylor Swift. But what I'm most proud of are the thousands of artists from around the world that I manage daily and help navigate this crazy business. This podcast is designed to keep you up to date with the changes in the business and to give you the mindset, tools, and resources that you need to succeed. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So in this episode of the podcast, uh, there's a very cool project that was launched. Uh, Those of you that follow Billboard Online might have heard about it. Uh, I was made aware of it by a direct message that I received in Instagram. So yes, you can reach out to people utilizing social media. So uh, it says, hey, Rick, Scotty Woolbanks here. I play with Luke Bryan and have been following you on here for a while. I put together an all-star band to help raise support for Music Cares. Uh, Lots of great players on it, like Brad Paisley, Steve Warner, Jonathan Cain from Journey, Chuck LaBelle, the Rolling Stones, and many more. Just trying to get the word out during these very difficult times, especially for our music family. If you'd be interested in helping, please let me know. Thanks, brother. And it was uh, then a link to quarantineallstars.com. And I immediately reached out uh, and said, listen, I would love to get involved. Turns out that Scotty was going to be in Nashville doing some television uh, tapings for Luke. And we got together to talk and I'm like, dude, I would love to share the message. Let's jump on a podcast. So Scotty, first off, thanks for uh, joining me today and thanks for uh, making this thing happen. Let's talk a little bit about you and how this project came about. And then let's just talk about the reality of what's going on right now. I always tell people there's a difference between the music industry and the music business. The music business is doing pretty good. The music industry is getting its butt kicked because the majority of income comes from touring and there is no touring right now. I mean, you play for one of the biggest stars in the world and all your stadium shows and everything came to a complete halt. So tell us a little bit about you and then let's talk about the reality of what's happening out there. Yeah, well, you know, I've been, uh, I've been in the music world for really all my life in the, in the industry side. Um, this would be my 27th year touring if we get back out there. So, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a long time to be doing something. And I've just been really lucky and honored to do it for this long. And, you know, anytime you do something for that length of time, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, someone just flips the light switch off and is like, Hey, there's no more touring. You can't play. Uh, it, it just is, it messes with you, you know, and in and, and, and the unknown of uh, not knowing when we can get back is, uh, is a tough one. And this whole, you know, the industry that we've poured into for all these years is just really hurting. And, um, you know, the quarantine all-stars and uh, this whole idea to help do something for, for music cares came about really just by me going, I really miss my touring family. I miss playing shows. I miss the road. I miss all my band guys, you know, Luke, the whole, it's really a great team of people. And we're really like a little family that, you know, travels around. And, um, you know, it's, 
I was just sitting in the studio one night uh, producing a record and, and it was late and I just kind of was like, man, I, I really miss all my band guys and, and playing live. And I just started kind of jamming and wrote this tune and did a full demo of it. And, and here we are. So well, it's a little bit more than here we are because you didn't play every single instrument in the video. So Correct. let's back up a little bit and let me, so tell everybody who are some of the artists that you've played for and you know, what, what instrument you play with Luke. We can't assume everybody knows what you do. So we're in a podcast now. So let's, yeah. let's tell some people that we can brag. It's not bragging, but just tell people some of the things that you've done. I mean, you, you have to have some form of credibility to reach out to the people that you reached out to. And then I want to talk about how you reached out and, how the ball got rolling because it isn't just here we are it's just yeah nothing, nothing happens like that right so let's, yeah let's, totally. let's tell the story so tell us a little yeah. bit about some of the acts that you played with and some of your experience out on the road yeah man so i got into this music world uh back in about 93 uh i was hired to be a roadie you know i, I just got out of college got a couple of degrees and went to the university of georgia and um you know, back then I just, you need, I needed to figure out a way to, to get my foot in the door. You know, there wasn't social media, there wasn't the internet, all these kind of things. It was like, man, how do I, you know, how do I uh, get my foot in the door? And, and there was a, a band out of Atlanta uh, and they, they said, man, would you ever want to do this on the road? And I was like, yeah. And they said, man, we're looking for a roadie. So I got my foot in the door in the music industry by setting up equipment, driving a bus, you know, tearing it down, learning how to run lights. And, uh, and that was a long time ago. And, uh, and then from there, it just went into one of the guys in the band uh, ended up leaving and uh, they needed somebody really quick last minute. I knew the songs. Next thing I'm on stage and I never left. <laughs> and, uh, and then um, I spent most of my career in a Christian rock band called Third Day. Yep, and very, four -time Grammy, band. Yeah, yep. four-time Grammy-winning band. We had uh, an incredible time. Uh, it was a huge highlight you know, of my life to, to do that. Uh, just kind of a, you have to pinch yourself kind of moments, you know, going, man, did we just get to do that, you know, from a USO tour, you know, in Iraq to, you know, uh, gosh just playing all over the world it was an incredible time an incredible experience and um you know and and during all that time i was producing records and you know had some success there with um some award-winning records how to produce music you know i yes and no um because this is a teaching podcast i mean one of the things that you said earlier is that you got in however you could get in you got you became a roadie you know, you did whatever it took. It's not like the the degrees that you got in college got you the gig as the roadie. You know, you went in and you started working with the band however you could. I'm sure you didn't go to college saying, I'm going to get a couple degrees and I'm going to be a roadie. No, yeah, I mean, did whatever you could to get in. Man, for sure. And, you know, I tell people all the time, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to work hard. I, I appreciate that and respect that. You know, and and for me, you know, I wasn't, I didn't come up in a musical family. You know, my dad was a butcher and, and my mom, was, she vaccinated chickens at the chicken plant. We were country people, you know. It, it wasn't like I'm born into the music business. So for me, man, it was, it was like, hey, there's a door of opportunity. 
I wanted to walk through it. And, and I tell people all the time, it's like, Hey, be prepared. And perhaps your opportunity will come. Yep. And you, know, you wrote I, songs and what instrument were you playing? Well, I went to, I went to college on a saxophone degree. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was a horn player. Okay. But you know, I'm mainly a keyboard player now. I was going to say, I don't recall a big horn section in third day. Yeah, we did. I mean, we did a couple of horn things here or there, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, you know, I started playing piano when I was eight, picked up, picked up the saxophone when I was 10 and it kind of took me through college and, and, but I never stopped playing keys and it always came in handy when you're playing in clubs or rock bands, you know, just trying to eat, <laughs> you know, being a multi-instrumentalist and I could sing. So, you know, um, having a, a skill set that was more than just one thing was certainly helpful for me as a multi-instrumentalist. And then that led to, you know, playing drums or accordion or bagpipes or, you know, different things through the years. Um, so, you know, yeah, I just kind of tried to grow my skill set the best I could in producing. I fell into by accident. Um, the lead singer um, of another band I was in got asked to produce a record on a girl. And she, and he was like, man, I, you know, I kind of did the, the arrangements um, a lot in, in our band at the time, you know, so he was used to me doing that. And he's like, man, I don't know what to do. Can you help? And I stepped into it. The record came out. Next thing I know, people start reaching out to me. I heard that record, you know, and it was really just an indie artist, but people kind of heard it. Sure. They and know they what they like. Yeah, man. You know, this, we heard it. Could you help us? And I was like, sure. So one thing, you know, led to another. And, and as I, kind of uh, got my feet wet in it. I realized I liked it and um, just kind of grew from there. And I started to, to go finding, you know, find bands and find artists that I felt like had the magic, pour into them, develop them, write with them, create with them, live with them, you know, yeah. all that it takes, you know, to take something from point A to point B. And, um, had some good success with some bands, you know, did a few Grammy nominated records, won some, you know, double awards and ASCAP award, all those kind of things that eventually, you know, you hope happens, started to happen. And, uh, and my producing career kind of caught some traction and, um, yeah, so that I really kind of fell into it. And then as far as learning it, I, you know, with what we did with third day, we got to work with some unbelievable producers. Um, Monroe Jones, who was a um, really, really, really great producer um, early on in the third day career. I just learned so much watching him. And then from Monroe, we went to guys like Brown Bannister, who's a, a great guy, great producer. But then we moved into guys like Brendan O'Brien, right? A famous rock producer that did, you know, Stone Temple Pilots, ACDC, um, Bruce so you Springsteen. put yourself in a situation to be a sponge around those people, and I'm, I'm guessing that you didn't sit down and say, "Okay, Brendan, I want you to teach me how to be a producer." You've just kind of observed and kind of taken what you've liked and different things. How did you get to Luke? Because we're going to talk about, you know, having Luke on your team was able to go to his team to help you start putting this thing together. And then we're going to be too. So here we are, because yeah. we're, we're going to lead up to this. There's the story here. So how did you end up with Luke Bryan? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, it, 
with third day, we did that for a long time. And we had a, um, one of our guitar techs was a guy named Brian Willis, who's a dear friend of mine. And um, he was with us in third day, probably a good 10 years. And he ended up one day saying, guys, I, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got this opportunity to go into the country world uh, with Luke Bryan. And this is probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, maybe. And of course we were like, bro, we're going to be mad if you don't do it. You bet, you know, go do this. This is next level stuff. That time Luke was really catching fire. And um, so seven or eight years ago, he goes, he does that. And we, you know, he's my friend. So we always stayed in touch, you know, um, keeping up with each other. Uh, we got kids that are around the same age. So, you know, just through the years, we'd talk and hang out. And, you know, at that time, um, we weren't doing the farewell tour with third day just yet. You know, we did that a couple of years ago. So we were still making records and touring. Um, but as we kind of, as third day started to wind down and we did the farewell tour, you know, I started thinking, man, you know, 25 years of touring, what, I guess maybe I'm done, you know, that's, you know, I'm getting older, it's kind of a long time to do it. Yeah, I was content with uh, being a studio guy, making records, a producer, and, um, you know, not really thinking that I would tour anymore. And, um, you know, Luke's band, uh, from what I understood, had, you know, had been with Luke a long time, 10, 10 years, 12 years. And um, I just thought, you know, how am I going to get into the country world? Uh, that's not a world that I had really been in. And uh, I got a text one day from Brian Willis. And he said, hey, man, you're going to get a phone call. <laughs> and the phone rang, like literally right then. And it was uh, Michael Carter, who's the MD for Luke. And he was said, man, you know, you come highly recommended by people. And uh, would you be interested in, you know, meeting with us and, uh, and playing keys for Luke? Let's talk about it. You know, how do you feel? You think about, you think you'd want to go back on the road? And I said, man, I'm, I'm totally down with talking to you guys about it. He said, well, could you come to Nashville, you know, meet Luke, meet the band, meet, meet management? I'm like, yeah, man, I could do that. You know, I'm in Nashville a pretty good bit. When are you thinking? And he said, well, can you come tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> And I said, like, tomorrow? And he said, man, we've already got a little meeting planned with everybody where we've got to do an in-ear check for something. And so we're going to kind of be set up. And he said, I know it's last minute, but, but dude, if you could do it, it'd be awesome. And if you could, uh, you know, just learn one song, doesn't even have to be the whole song. But if you could learn, you know, kind of a piano-driven song, we could might maybe just play that and, you know, just hear you play and all that. And I'm like, okay. Um, Hey, let me call you. Let me call you right back. Let me go talk to my wife real quick. You know, so I talked to her, and of course, she's like, "You got to do it. You need to do it." And and I was excited to get the call. And um, so what happened was, I uh, I called my buddy Brian Willis, and I said, "Yeah, I just got this call," and he said, "Man, you need to you need to come up here. I I really think you'd just be a great fit for this, and and you'd love it." And I said, "Okay." I, I told him I'd do it. And I had asked um, when the next show was. 
And the next show was Stagecoach out in California, which is a huge right. festival, you know, 85,000 people or something, Luke's headlining. And it was in, I don't know, a few days. So I said to Brian Willis, hey man, send me a copy of the set list. Like all 25 songs or whatever that you guys normally would do. So he did. So instead of learning the one song, I'm like, man, I'm going to learn all of them. So I stayed up all night, you know, and I learned all the tunes the best I could, charted them out, drove to Nashville late and drove to Nashville, uh, went to a buddy's house, set up the keys, finished learning the songs and, uh, you know, and then went and met with, uh, with Luke and the team and the band and, uh, and we played through some of the songs, you know, went great. And, um, you know, I've always kind of thought going, you know, the extra mile is never crowded. Love that. And, and I feel like for me with my career and, and how I treat people, how I work with people, I always want to go the extra mile. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I know exactly what you mean. And that, I think that's it's so important. It's, yeah. it's huge. You know, it's important to, to let people know that, dude, I'm, I'm not just in this, I'm in this to win this. Well, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you. And like a typical side guy, you just say a couple things and then let the star take over, which is your song at this point. But I feel that so many people can learn from your story because one is that, that just that part right there alone is, is brilliant. You know, you went the extra mile, you went ahead and went in with the mindset. This is going to be my gig and I'm going to have a show in two days. And I'm going to go ahead and, and learn this thing. It's like, what? here's the thing you got to remember, folks. Once you get the wife's permission, then you've got to be all in because their expectations go way up, too. It's like, what do you mean you went to Nashville and didn't get this gig? Right. You know, like she, when, she, when the wife gives permission as a husband, you better step up your game at that point because you have somebody else to answer to at that point. So you're with Luke. You're out of work. You get this idea. You have a dream. I know the story because we had lunch and talked about it. You have this dream. L let me tell you, let me just put, put in one little, Great, tip, please, uh, little please. thing right there that, that I thought was, you know, pretty funny because a lot of times when you're getting ready to do a tour or go play with an artist, there's always a rehearsal, right? Especially if you're new. Right. You know, like you're going to at least play through the songs. Well, no. if you're going to go to Stagecoach, you're going to rent out a, a room about the size of that stage and you there guys you go. are going to map out everything. Yeah, not that's not what happened. <laughs> oh my gosh! What happened was they get me a ticket. I fly to California. You know, I have only met the band and Luke and management at this point one time. You know, and so I get picked up. I meet all the crew, which is huge. You know, the best people, the best crew, and uh, you know they're all cool. And we go to the hotel. Well, then I get told, hey. We're not going to get a sound check or rehearsal. So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So what happened was my very first Luke show is Stagecoach, 85,000 people, no rehearsal, no sound check. Here we go. And that happens. And sometimes, depending, the first tour that Taylor and I were out was with George Strait and being the opening act, the way that they do it is the headliner gets the rehearsal time. <clears throat> the next act gets the rehearsal time. And if yeah. there's any time left, the third opener, we were the third opener 
gets that time. And they, they, they randomly just threw darts on the board. George is doing 20 dates. Let's throw darts on the map, see where he's going to go. So they right. never really mapped out mileage that much. So what would happen is we would roll up to shows where there would only be four hours to set the stage. So that means that a lot of times we didn't get sound checked. And a lot of time you want to get what's called a line check where you know everything's coming through and everything's working. Sometimes you didn't even get that. So to do it at Stagecoach for your first time, yeah. the cool part about that story is because of the 10,000 hours that Scotty had already put in, he was prepared for that. A lot of new artists, new musicians, new players would have went into panic mode, would have went into freak out mode, would have went into everything that's going to go wrong in their head mode. So that's why it's important that you put in the hours so that when these great opportunities come your way, nothing faces you. So that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, man. All right. So now we're back to where we are now. We are in COVID. Your world has come to an end as you know it. You are starting to hear stories of friends of yours that are going through hardships. You are starting to hear just a lot of things. Uh, and, you know, both of us are believers, not here to push religion on anyone, but there was a reason I think that you were handed this project. You know, <laughs> this idea could have come to anyone, but there's a reason I think that it came to you. So as you're hearing, people, you know, that were making a living. What a lot of people don't realize is you see the band on stage, there's a whole crew around them that this is their job. So those of you that lost your job, they also lost their job. And just because you see these guys on stage, they're not all millionaires, far from it. These right. guys, a lot of them are working gig to gig. Not all uh, artists can afford to put their band on salaries or their crew on salaries. When they work, they make money. When they don't work, they don't make money. So they're doing other things. Well, right now, some of those other things that these folks would be doing have also been shut down. So there's organizations like Music Cares. We'll talk a little bit about Music Cares here in a second, but you get this idea. This song comes to mind. <clears throat> what, what is your plan? You wake up the next day, you write it, you, you record everything so that you can at least start sending it to people. Talk about your list. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I wrote the song late one night. I did a demo of it, you know, as a lot of us do as songwriters and producer guys, you know, go to bed, wake up the next morning, you know, thinking, man, I'm going to hear this and go, that sounds like crap. What was I doing? I must've been really fried. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the routine. Right. And, but I listened to it and I was like, man, this is kind of, that's kind of cool, I think. Uh, so I immediately uh, kind of just sent it to uh, some of my bandmates and and uh, and said, man, you know, check this out. I just wanted to jam. I was missing all you guys, you know, and they fired back and they were like, man, that's pretty cool. Like, dude, I'll play on it. You know, if you want to do something with it, I'll play on it. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And uh, the same day, I just randomly got a call from my buddy Chris Kimmer that plays with Thomas Rhett country star yeah so chris said man if you've got anything you're producing you want me to play on um 
like, just send it to me. I'll do it. And, you know, don't worry about the money. I just, I just want to play and let's just create and do something together, you know, cause we're all stuck at home. And, and I said, uh, man, I got this thing. I jam, I wrote last night, like, I'll send it to you. And if, if you connect with it and want to play on it, let's do it. So I started with my band guys that, that I play with, with Luke and, and Chris with Thomas Rhett. And I started sending files. And then I thought, man, what if there's more to this? Like, what if we, what if we paint a bigger picture with this? What if we, you know, what if, what if we could use this um, to help people to just to get the message out that man, you know, there's, yeah, there's the people on stage that you see. Yeah. We're not touring and we're not playing, but there's way more people behind the scenes that work their butts off. So the guys like us can walk on stage every night, you know, without them, we, it's got to it just be really, really tough. And, and they make, um, you know, what we do possible. And so what happened was uh, I started to reach out to some Atlanta friends, uh, my buddy, Sonny Emery, that plays with Eric Clapton, plays drums for Eric Clapton, played with Earth, Wind and Fire. My friend, Sam Sims, that played with Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Justin Timberlake, you know, all these uh, guys, I just started to reach out to and kind of make a list. Like, man, who could be great on drums? Who would be great on guitar? And when I had written the song, um, you'll see Brad Paisley on the video. And when I wrote it, I was thinking, what would Brad Paisley, how would he play this? This needs to sound like Brad Paisley, you know, not knowing, I didn't know Brad. I just thought, Hey, here's a wish list. This would be cool. Needs to sound like Brad Paisley, you know? And, um, when I kind of got to this, uh, eighties rock section, journey was a huge influence in my life musically. And I thought, well, I kind of have talked to Jonathan Kane once or twice knew his manager, his manager had reached out to me a few years ago about possibly if I would even be interested in working with Jonathan on a project. So I just started making phone calls and, you know, Jonathan came with journey who wrote, don't stop believing faithfully, you know, all these iconic songs. We jumped on a phone call one night and probably talked for close to an hour and just, it was awesome. Jonathan was like, dude, I'll do whatever. You just get me the files. And um, so he was, you know, Jonathan was one of the early guys to jump on as well. Um, and so then that just kind of led to connecting the dots, you know, like, okay, so what about, I'd love to get Steve Warner, because uh, I could, I heard like a Chet Atkins kind of guitar part in my head. So, you know, I had just produced a record on a country artist named Mark Wills and Mark had said, man, you should talk to Steve. And then I was talking to James Cook, our bass player with Luke, who used to play with Steve. And he, so James said, man, I'm just going to send it to Steve and see what he says. And the next thing I know, I'm talking to Steve Warner on the phone <laughs> and Steve's like, I love it. I'm in. And um, so it just really, it, it really became a, a song of build it and they will come. And um, that's kind of how it happened. And then, you know, Chuck Lavelle from the Rolling Stones 
came into the picture through uh, through a um, through Michelle Kaplinger, who is here. Uh, that's part of Naris, the Grammy family here in Atlanta. Now, talk about Naris and Music Cares. Yeah. So, you know, when I wanted to partner with someone in you know making a difference with this project and helping people, I've always heard great stories about Music Cares. I have friends who have reached out to Music Cares when they were in crisis and Music Cares was there for them. And I really look at Music Cares as like, you know, the Red Cross for musicians, you know, for the touring world, for the music community. And um, so I, I have always been a fan of, of what they stand for and what they've, what they've done and how they've helped people, uh, not just in one genre, but just across the board. So when I um, reached out to Michelle Kaplinger here at Naris, um, she, she immediately started connecting the dots with Music Cares. And that's how that came about. And of course we played the song uh, for them and they, they were like, we love this. This is a great idea. This is like a super band, an all-star band, you know? And, um, and that's really how that happened. And it was, uh, you know, it, it was a bit of a process because anytime you're involving that many people, sure, um, you know, it takes some time. Uh, but yeah, we, we got it done and, uh, you know, so here we are. So the song, now this gets us to the where the here we are. So quarantine all stars. Did you call the song quarantine? Yeah. Right out of the gate because we're all, you know, that's such a buzzword. Everybody's hearing quarantine, you know, you're quarantined. It's like, well, I wrote this because I'm quarantined. So, you know, why not? So if you go to quarantineallstars.com, I'll put a link in the show notes. You'll be able to see the video. If you watch it on the YouTube channel or for Music Cares, Naris, you'll be able to make a donation. And that's what's happening now. People are making donations to Music Cares based on this. <clears throat> I'm also going to suggest where can they find it on Facebook so that they can share it with their people when they see this, because that's how this thing's gonna grow, is when people start sharing it. And when they're in the description of what they're sharing, there's a, there's a way for people to go donate to this cause to help these you know, people in the music industry that are out of work right now. Uh, where can they find it on Facebook? Yeah, it's, uh, it's Quarantine All-Stars on okay. Facebook. You created a Facebook page for them that's, as well. Yeah, that's right. And the quarantineallstars.com is a website which has the links and, and the info as well. Fantastic. And any word yet on, so you're, you're right now, if someone wants to follow you and get to know more about you and your career, where would you like to, to send them? And I'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, uh, you know, Instagram's at the Scotty Wilbanks. And Wilbanks is with one L. One L. W I L Y. So it's S C O T T Y W I L B A N K S, the T H E, or the, if you're from the South. The, yeah. The, uh, Scotty Wilbanks. Uh, man, I appreciate you uh, doing this. I think it's a fantastic cause. I want to be able to share this. Uh, I want to be able to help get the word out there about this. Now, you also said, that down the road, you're going to put together a little behind the scenes of how this came about, because this is not an easy project when you're having to send stems. Now, stems are the parts of the song. So he's sending it to all these people. They're recording their parts, sending it back to them. 
They're also recording their video parts. And this, when you watch this video, you're going to see a lot of things that are going on and you guys don't miss a beat. So it'll be great to see the behind the scenes making of quarantine. Uh, so we'll keep you posted when that comes out as well. But once again, I appreciate uh, what you did. I'm glad to be able to help get the message out there. And uh, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Man, thank you, Rick. It's uh, a pleasure doing this, man. And, and thanks for helping get us get the word out. And um, you guys support if you can. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast and thank you for the question. As you see, there is no one size fits all model with the music business. So I do appreciate that to help you figure out where you are and where you want to get to head on over to the website, rickparker.com and take the, are you ready for a manager assessment? While you're there, you can also click on the podcast link and leave a message. And who knows, maybe you'll be featured in an upcoming episode. If you know someone who can benefit from this, I would really love it. If you would give it a share, if you would subscribe it onto whatever platform that it is that you're listening to, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Ciao. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.